Chapter Number Thirty Nine of Molly's Prince. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Molly's Prince by Rosa Nushet Carey. Chapter Thirty Nine everett yields the point down on your knees and thank heaven fasting for a good man's love as you like it he does it with a better grace but i do it more natural twelfth night it is given to few favored mortals to know such hours or moments of intense happiness that their cup of bliss seems well-nigh overflowing but such a moment had come to moritz ingram and molly when gwendolen came to summon them to luncheon two such radiant faces beamed on her that she smiled back at them with joyous sympathy come here and congratulate me gwen exclaimed her brother molly has forgiven me for my little ruse she knows an idealist must have plenty of scope and that everything is fair in love or war and as molly did not contradict this audacious statement gwendolen let it pass without rebuke moritz she is just perfect she whispered as molly left them and went down the gallery in search of waveney oh i know as they watched the pretty girlish figure with its awkward lurching gait it is a pity the dear child is so lame but she is like a little stray angel for loveliness there she has found her sister we must leave them for a few minutes together molly discovered waveney standing in one of the window recesses looking down on the terrace at the sound of footsteps she turned round well molly she said trying to smile but her lip quivered so the prince has come after all and my sweetheart is to be a great lady are you glad wave asked molly with a loving hug really and truly glad then waveney's dark eyes filled suddenly with tears glad that my molly should have this beautiful home and all these fine things my darling what a question don't you know that i love you better than myself i could cry with joy to think that there will be no more dull anxious days in store for you no worrying over anne's stupidity and no fretting because sixpence would not go as far as a shilling then as molly laughed and kissed her i wonder what the black prince would have said if he had seen that poor little housekeeping book drenched with tears don't wave please don't remind me of my silliness oh dear how unhappy i used to be and now and here molly gazed with delighted eyes down the splendid gallery to think that i shall ever be mistress of this it is just like a wonderful fairy story 
for none of our castles in the air not even kitlands came up to this of course not returned waveney energetically only cinderella could compare with it and then in a teasing voice your ladyship will not need to glue your face against shop windows any more you will have diamonds and pearls of your own yes and a pony carriage with cream-coloured ponies exclaimed molly joyously and wave just think moritz is going to give me riding lessons oh his kindness and generosity are beyond words darling you must love him for his goodness to your poor little molly and wave remember all this will make no difference i think i care for it so much because i shall be able to help you and father they were interrupted at this moment moritz carried off molly and gwen proposed that they should follow for while moritz has been dramatizing she observed you two poor things have been starving and waveney could not deny that she was excessively hungry the old gray-haired butler was in his place when they entered the dining-room moritz stopped to speak to him tell mrs wharton that i shall bring miss ward to see her this afternoon he said and then they took their places both the girls were a little subdued by the unwonted magnificence of their environment but they struggled gallantly against the feeling as molly ate her chicken and sipped her champagne she wondered how soon she would get used to being waited upon by two tall footmen and how she would feel when she was first addressed as my lady i hope i shall not laugh she observed to waveney afterwards waveney was wondering why she had never noticed that moritz had rather an aristocratic look their old friend monsieur blackie had always had good manners but now he was in his own house and at his own table she was struck by his well-bred air and perfect ease he looks like a viscount she said to herself and yet he is perfectly his old self molly was wiser than all of us for she found out that he was worthy of her love and then waveney fell into a reverie over her strawberries her thoughts had strayed to a certain dull narrow house in deerham thoroughgood chater's grave face and intellectual brow seemed to rise before her if she had his love she would not envy molly her rank and riches she would envy no one even now she had her secret happiness for the words she had heard that sorrowful night were forever stamped on her memory trouble when there is nothing on earth that i would not do for you my darling how then could she doubt that she was beloved when luncheon was over moritz took molly to the housekeeper's room and introduced her to mrs wharton gwen accompanied them and then they went back to the picture gallery 
and molly and waveney feasted their eyes on the pictures and sculptured it was pretty to see the girls when they recognized poor old king canute molly actually kissed the canvas you dear old thing she said apostrophizing it wretched daub as it was crude in coloring and defective in execution moritz proudly termed it the gem of the gallery it helped me to win my molly he said to gwen who was regarding it dubiously i painted many a worse picture when we were at the tin shanty eh gwen and her assent to this was so emphatic that moritz felt decidedly snubbed but he rose to the occasion nobly mr ward has not quite worked out his subject he went on but his idea is good and i shall always venerate it as the failure of a brave man a gallery of failures would that not be a happy thought althea suppose you and i start a hospital refuge or whatever you like to call it for deceased works of art we would buy them cheaply at half price and the poor things should live out their time and here moritz looked round the company for approval how about the survival of the fittest asked his sister scornfully oh that will be all right he returned easily besides we should have no very fit specimens in the gallery of failures they would be in all stages of disease but just think my dear what an encouragement it would be to the artists if my failure is remunerative the poor beggars would say to themselves i must just try again and do better next time you are very absurd moritz but gwen looked decidedly amused and molly privately thought it a clever idea when they had finished inspecting all the treasures in the gallery gwen summoned them to tea the tea-table was in the prettiest of the alcoves which was large enough to hold seven or eight people after this they went down to the gardens and through a small fir-wood to the silent pool here the carriage was to meet them molly and waveney were enchanted with the silent pool the still green pool surrounded by the dark firs the beauty the stillness and the solemnity of the spot inspired them with awe to althea it was a favorite and well-remembered place she had visited it more than once in the old viscount's time for it had never been closed to the public that still pool with its dark hidden depths reminded her of her own life with its calm surface and troubled undercurrent there are so many lives like that she thought as she looked back at the solemn scene and then she followed the others down the winding path to the little inn which was known as the brentwood arms here gwendolen bade them an affectionate farewell and then they drove off to the station 
it has been the most wonderful day that i have ever spent in my life exclaimed molly a little breathlessly it has been a happy day to me returned moritz in a low tone there can only be one day more perfect and that will be our wedding day molly when they reached waterloo althea refused to allow moritz to accompany them to the red house molly was tired and overexcited and must rest he was to come to them the following evening to meet mr ward and thoroughgood there was to be a sort of friendly reunion it was noel's birthday too but there must be no more excitement for the present and althea was so firm and inexorable that moritz had to yield i think we are all tired observed waveney but it has been a lovely day and then in spite of althea's advice to rest and be quiet she and molly discussed their delightful picnic only as they drove down high street and passed a certain house waveney became a little silent the blinds were up and the lamp was lighted waveney distinctly saw a tall figure standing by the window althea evidently recognized it too thoroughgood has come back early from the porch house she said and then she spoke on quite a different subject to molly the next few weeks were busy ones at the red house there were long mornings of shopping and endless interviews with dressmakers and milliners and the all-important business of the trousseau occupied the three ladies from morning to night molly took a childlike pleasure in it all prosperity did not spoil her she was still the same simple light-hearted molly of old and the one drawback to her perfect happiness was the thought that waveney could not have it too i wish i could give you half my trousseau she said quite piteously but waveney only laughed at her don't be a simpleton molly she returned why you foolish child there are actually tears in your eyes don't you know that all these fine things these satins and silks and laces would be most incongruous in my position what could i do with them at cleveland terrace but you will be at brentwood half your time retorted molly moritz says he could not have the heart to separate us and he is so fond of you wave yes dear but all the same i must not expect to be as smart as your ladyship and then molly made a face at her moritz had not forgotten his little samaritan and althea had her orders besides the beautiful bridesmaid's dress a tailor-made tweed and two pretty evening frocks were provided for waveney and then indeed molly was content there was so much to do that it was not until the beginning of july that waveney and molly went back to cleveland terrace to spend the last few weeks with their father and noel the wedding was to be from the red house 
and it was already arranged that they were to return a week before marriage all this time moritz had haunted his cousin's house morning noon and night and had refused to consider himself in the way every few days everard dined there and now and then thorogood was invited to meet him everard was now quite at home at the red house almost insensibly he had relapsed into the old intimacy with doreen and althea he forgot he was only a poor drudge of a drawing-master he forgot his shabby dress-coat and pitiful little economies brighter days were in store for him his little molly was to be the wife of a nobleman and waveney was coming back to him to be the light of his home and there was little doubt in his mind that noel would distinguish himself and pass his examination i feel better days are coming he said once to althea she was his old friend and confidant he would often speak to her of his children's future and her gentle sympathy never failed him it was althea's advice that he sought when moritz told his future father-in-law that he intended to allow him an income everard who was proud as he was poor was sorely perturbed in his mind when he heard this what am i to do he said in a vexed voice when he found himself alone with althea that evening they were all in the garden together ingram and thoroughgood chater and joanna as well as moritz they had broken up in little groups and everett and althea had strolled down a side path behind the porch house i wish you would give me your advice he went on for i am in a terrible fix ralston is the most generous fellow i ever met he wants me to give up my teaching and accept an income from him the fact is continued everard rather bitterly he is unwilling that his father-in-law should be only a poor devil of a drawing-master it is just his pride confound him but as i tell him i have my pride too i am afraid i hurt his feelings though he was too kind to tell me so moritz is very sensitive returned althea in spite of eccentricities he is very soft-hearted his generosity amounts to a vice he is never happy unless he is giving oh oh that is all very well replied everard in a rather huffy voice but if i do not choose to be indebted to my son-in-law surely my feelings must be considered as well as he is true my friend but althea smiled as she spoke but it seems to me if i may speak frankly that your pride is at fault here moritz wishes to be a son to you he will be your molly's husband he has more than he can spend every year he is likely to grow richer for as you know 
they have found coal on the welsh property he and molly will be rolling in money and here she hesitated and molly's father will be out at elbows why do you not finish your sentence miss hartford no i should not have put it that way returned althea but i think it will be rather hard on moritz and doubly hard on molly if you refuse the gift that their vile love offers you molly knows how you loathe teaching it is the crown of her happiness that her marriage will enable her to help you and waveney moritz intends to give her a magnificent allowance for her own private use and directly they were engaged he informed her that he intended to settle an income on her father mr ward you cannot be proud with your own children why not accept your son-in-law's kindness i am sure you will not repent it and then everard yielded molly and waveney were overjoyed when they heard that althea's counsel had prevailed and moritz was excessively pleased he was even disposed to encroach a little on his privileges only althea begged him to be cautious you and moritz must bid your time she said one day to the little bride-elect you have both gained a victory and you must be content with that for the present your father told waveney the other day that nothing would induce him to leave cleveland terrace your mother died there she continued in a low voice and i suppose that is why he is attached to the house yes but it is such a dingy dull little place returned molly sadly and moritz meant to buy such a pretty house and furnish it so beautifully but i suppose we shall have to wait indeed you must but cheer up molly new carpets and curtains and light tasteful papers will soon transform number ten cleveland terrace into a charming abode indeed i do not believe you will recognize it and anne is to be sent away you are sure of that miss althea yes and two good servants are to replace her waveney will have no trouble with her housekeeping now i hear moritz's voice and you know his lordship objects to be kept waiting and at this hint molly blushed beautifully and ran away end of chapter twenty nine recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c